0: Welcome to the Photography Q&A Podcast. Hey, how's it going? I'm Andy Jones and this is episode 32 of the Photography Q&A Podcast. So this week I'm going to talk about pet photography as a business. So my original idea for this podcast was for me to start a new photography business and let the listeners follow along. And I was going to report back every week that I got a client, I charged this amount, I did this, this and this. So it was either going to be headshots or pet photography. Headshots looked like it was about to win. But then COVID-19 joined us and I had to shelve that idea. Um, it screwed everything up. So, And that's why we're doing the photography Q&A podcast. I still think it's a really good idea for a podcast. So if you're about to start your photography business and have considered doing a podcast, I'd really go for it if I were you. If you need any help, let me know. I'll help you. So pet photography. When you think of pet photographers, most people automatically think of dogs. They'll probably take up 98% of your subjects, of your bookings. But you'll also get owners of other animals contacting you. I posted some photos of my chickens and turkeys on social media last year. And I got two inquiries from it, from people that own chickens. Now, because there's so many different breeds of chickens, there's not just brown and white, there's multiple coloured ones, there's lots of different ones, and people show them. I don't. I just collect the eggs and feed them. But some people are really into it, really into it, and uh, they want me to get some pictures, so I obliged. And I often wonder... If you really niched down or niched down and became a specialist in only, say, cats, or even chickens, for that matter, would the business work out? So I did a search, and there are people that just do cats, and they are incredibly beautiful pictures, some of them. More studio-related. Some people are doing shots in the home. A lot of black and white of cats look beautiful, really nice. And you've got to think... That any cat owner is just as crazy, if not crazier, than a dog owner. So, if they love their animal a lot, they will get pictures done. Like, well, like I say, most cats you're going to get indoor pictures. Maybe the odd one sitting out on the front porch or something with them. But most of the cat shots going to be indoors, whereas dog photo shoots going to be outside unless you have a studio. I knew a photographer that only photographed horses. This is going back quite a few years. They were, I can't remember what kind of, uh, they were like um, draft horses, the big ones. And she had a business just based on taking pictures of them. And they were incredible portraits. Absolutely beautiful things. They really were. So don't only think that dogs are your, is the only option. There's plenty of other animals out there and people are crazy about them. Now I want you to check out this photographer. Her name is Cat Race, C-A-T, as in the cat. And her last name is Race, R-A-C-E. And she runs Cats Dog Photography, like she takes pictures of dogs. I'm going to put a link in the show notes, and her work is incredible. She's really good with Photoshop. These pictures are not straight out of the camera. These take a lot of work. But check her out. I would put her... Number one in the world as a dog portrait photographer. She's incredible. Just beautiful work. And I wish she would do a course. She does workshops in England and she's doing one in South uh, California, I think, next year. But if she did a course, I would take the course just for the Photoshop side of things. Just beautiful pictures. They really are stunning. All right. Equipment. An entry-level camera body in most situations is going to be fine the odd time you're going to do in pictures of a dog while it's running you'll still be good you want to get good lenses a kit lens will not do the 18 to 55 millimeter is really limiting in lots of ways so you need good lenses so your lenses need to cover everything from 24 to 200 millimeters if you want to shoot zooms then a 24 to 70 2.8 and a 70 to 200 2.8 lens Now actually you could get both of those lenses as f4 and they would work also. The 2.8, it gives you more chances of getting a decent picture that's not grainy in dim light. Uh, Certain times of the year when it's overcast and you're in some woods somewhere, you're gonna need the 2.8, but like I say, you can get by with the f4. Shooting prime lenses with focal lengths of 24 mm 35, 50, 85, 135, and 200 is another option. Uh, Photographers like certain lenses, some people will shoot an 85 and a 35, or 24 and a 50, but you're going to be carrying a lot of lenses. Now they're not heavy, not like the zooms, but you're going to be carrying quite a few options with you. A lot of people will shoot, say, the 24 and 35 primes, and also carry the 70-200 to 2.8 zoom with them, or F4 zoom. That's a good option. The 70 to 200 zooms, the, especially the 2.8 one, it's considered a sports lens. So it's got an extremely fast autofocus on it. Put that together with a good body and you will be able to capture anything. All right, so lighting is very important for dog portraits outdoors. And if you go to see um, Kat's dog photography website, every picture she takes has flash. A husband controls the dog. And he either holds a light as well or, or the owner holds the uh, softbox. Just a small softbox, nothing major, you don't have to light the world, you're just lighting up the face of a dog. So a speed light flash, like a basic flash that goes on top of your camera, will work great in a softbox. But you really do need an assistant, like I was just saying with uh, cat's dog photography. You need someone to hold the leash and someone to hold the softbox. So if the owner comes with some with a helper, then you're good to go. You could even put the softbox on a small stand or even mount it on a tripod. That'd be better. Then your legs are uh, a bit more stable. But if it's a windy day, you're in a bit of trouble. So you really do need an assistant of some kind, someone to hold the light, someone to hold the dog's leash if you need it. Don't worry about dog pictures with a leash on. You can Photoshop the leash and collar out afterwards. If you don't have an assistant and you have no way of using off-camera flash, using on-camera flash also work. You just don't have the same amount of angles to use the light from, but it will still work. And when I say on camera, I don't mean the pop-up flash on your camera. You should always disable that. That's of no use to you as a photographer. I mean mounting a speedlight flash on the camera. All right. Sales and marketing or marketing and sales because it goes in that order. So how are you going to get customers? Well, the first thing you're going to do is build a website with a portfolio of your work. If you don't already have a portfolio, you need one, offer free sessions and get three or four photo shoots done and use those for your portfolio. You also need to start, at the beginning, you need to start an email list. To build your list, you can have a call to action on your website, which could be a free 8x10 print for everyone that has a session with you. Or could be something as simple as sign up and we'll let you know when all the seasonal specials are and if you've got any openings available. And every month you're going to send everyone on that list an email with your promotions. Every month. Like a lot of businesses that are doing very well online are sending every week or twice a week. It can get a little bit much. Not everyone's looking for pictures every week. But if you send one every two weeks, just go for it. Try it. Once a month minimum. So next you're going to go and list your business in Google My Business. If you've listened to any other podcast, you know all about that. It's free. It'll put you at the top of the Google search results. All you got to do is a Google search for Google My Business and sign up for an account. The next step in your journey is Facebook. You need to set up a Facebook page for your business. You put opening times, um, anything of interest on it. And people are going to go to it and like it. But you need that to get into the search results also. Because if you do have a Facebook page, when people search for you or search for a pet photographer in your area, you're going to pop up there, Facebook list quite high. Once you've done that, you're going to search for Facebook groups for anything pet related in the groups in your area. You're going to join in the conversations. You're going to let them know you're a pet photographer. You do not try to sell. Never try to sell. Show them pics of your latest shoot and ask them what they think. Get feedback from them. If you do nice work, you'll get plenty of feedback. Just show them pics from your latest shoot. Ask what they think. If they like your work, they'll book you. They'll come looking for you. They'll find you. You could start paying for Facebook ads, but be careful. Educate yourself before jumping in. It can be really expensive and money disappears extremely fast. So as far as selling goes, your options are selling just digital files, selling products in person, in person sales, or products online. Digital files should not be offered. Most people just see them as a cheap option. Like they're taking part of the work away from you. You don't offer those. But if you do, make sure the price really high, you know, or offer them for two hundred and fifty bucks, three hundred bucks, if they go over a thousand dollars or seven hundred and fifty dollars. But if they just want to buy them straight out, put them at $1,000. Put them at 750 Make your money. But you do not give them away cheap. Your next option is selling products. So selling products like frame prints, canvases, acrylics, books, albums, lots of stuff can either be done through your website or in person. In-person sales is really, really time-consuming. Lots of meetings and convincing. And it... Might You might not be suited to that kind of sales. I know I didn't like it at all. So start selling through your website. All you got to do, you put watermarks on the images and put them in galleries that may be password protected so that only people you want to see them can see them. And also have all the options on there for them so they can pick out what they want. That will save you an awful lot of time. As far as the actual pricing goes, check out episode number 12 of the podcast. Uh, join the 50 com membership area, it's free. In the members area, you can download the pricing spreadsheet that I put together to help you find your break even point. There's going to be a link in the podcast show notes for that. So, photographing pets, in my opinion, is best done where an animal can express themselves. I've done tons of dog portraits in studio settings but there's no expression to the faces you it, they look good but you're just not seeing the real dog if you do dogs outside or even cats outside horses especially if you take the picture of a horse in a stall it's you know it's it. but if you get it bouncing around the field and it comes over it's just a different look to its face so take the shoots outside and then they're you know they're free to be themselves and you'll get great results doing it that way. Pet photography can really be a good moneymaker. There aren't many photographers specialising in pets, so get out there and give it a go. All right, that's it for this week, so I want you to get over to the Facebook group and join and ask a question. There's a link for that also in the show notes. And remember to shoot in manual mode or aperture priority and say no to auto. You know it makes sense. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening. Bye.